Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we cover the White House's latest immigration rollout. Random selection is contrary to American values and blocks out many qualified potential immigrants from around the world who have much to contribute. Companies are moving offices to other countries because our immigration rules prevent them from retaining highly skilled and even, if I might, totally brilliant people. We discriminate against genius. We discriminate against brilliance. We won't anymore once we get this passed, and we hope to get it passed as soon as possible. Will we have an immigration system based on the values of merit or one based on family? What direction will our country decide to head towards next? I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we have Erickson Immigration Group attorney Ryan Knight. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And in recent news, the White House has come up with a new immigration proposal. And this is put on a foundation of a merit-based immigration system. So could you tell us a little bit of what that could look like, just the general outlook? Sure. So um, as we were discussing last week, President Trump made the announcement that he wants to reform the immigration system. And actually, the proposals that he put down aren't that different from what he's put forward before. As far as his overall proposal, it went with border security, merit-based immigration, and then there was a small mention of diversity visa, a uh, small detail. But for the merit-based portion of his plan, he does favor, uh, or he wants the immigration policy of the United States to favor skills-based, high skills-based immigrants. That seems to be the general impression. So the criteria laid, that he has laid out has been educational attainment, uh, professional experience, and also... Uh, perhaps to a lesser extent, English speaking skills, job offer opportunities, and um, perhaps some other. Right. So um, this criteria, it's working on a, a point system. So if you have a bachelor's degree, that may give you two points. Or if you right. have a master's degree, it may give you three or four points. And they tally it up. And then whoever has the highest amount of, of points, they'll be prioritized on the list. Right. So do you know like how those credentials will be weighted in assessing an application? Unfortunately, at this point, we don't. We don't know exactly how the merit is going mm -hmm. to be calculated uh, because merit comes in a lot of different forms. And the plan that was put out by the president is very simple, uh, simple by, in my opinion, necessity. Uh, immigration is an extremely complex topic. And if you're going to reform the whole system, even the employment-based system and the, the green card system, which is specifically what we're talking about. And we would need hours and hours to go over all right. the little details. <laughs> sure. So he put out a plan that pretty much says we want high school employee immigrants probably going to have a, a college degree or some sort of professional experience. The details are not forthcoming. Mm -hmm. They have not been laid out in the president's plan by him or by anyone in his administration yet. And I think that uh, that's by design. It gives the politicians, the legislators who actually have to write these laws, um, it gives them a place to start on, but allows them to be more flexible with the merit, whatever mm -hmm. that turns out to be, with, with the merit that they're going to require for new permanent residents. 
Right, right. Gives them a little space to hash out those details right. of what that would look like. So as that moves forward, because I, I think he mentioned that the merit-based system, currently it's about 12% of those who have like green cards who come into the country with advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. And he wants to move that to closer to 50%. Right. Right. And there's been talks around within the industry of now that there's a current backlog that exists with that amount of increase. Will there be enough resources dedicated for this new potential influx? No. Uh, Based on the plan that we have, no, I, I don't I don't see the resources as forthcoming. However, that that is also because the plan hasn't been released in detail. So it's too simple. Uh, The plan is too simplified right now to account for all the people in the backlogs. Uh, What you mentioned about the the transition from the majority or the minority of immigrants being skills based immigrants to transitioning to the The majority. majority, uh, That is a really confrontational and uh, delicate issue because Mm -hmm. you're going to have both sides uh, pretty much party line. Right. You know, both both parties are going to draw sides on that. And uh, Democrats do like family-based immigration. They're big proponents and supporters of that. Right now, we admit about 1.1 million immigrants every single year. Mm-hmm. They come to the country as green card holders. And uh, about 60% of those are family-based immigrants. Mm. So uh, the Democratic Party very much likes that. They like the, the family-based ideal of the immigration policy. Uh, along the Republican side, there's still an influence uh, of family-based immigration. Mm-hmm. I mean, that still resonates with people. However, uh, Republican politicians generally tend to be more business-oriented. Right. So they're hearing the complaints that are coming from some of these major employers. And they also see uh, Canada, New Zealand, Germany, right. uh, Australia. They see all these other industrialized nations Rory being able to, in right, place. Mm-hmm. To, to cater or attract the high-skill immigrants. So it's a real delicate balance that's trying to be struck here. And right now, the, the plan that's been put out is no balance at all. Right? Right. We're just going to shift. Instead of being family-based immigration, we're going to shift to skills-based immigration. Right. And that's the way it's going to be. Now, again, it's a very simplified plan there, which right. gives a lot of room for maneuvering and negotiation and figuring out what skills are actually merit- meritorious and what family members are actually going to be here. Right. But as far as the visa backlogs... There is no resources uh, allocated to eliminating those or there's Mm -hmm. no policy or proposals that I've read that has uh, proposed eliminating those or just clearing them out. Saying, you know, we have 100,000 people waiting. Let's just issue 100,000 extra green cards to clear out the backlog. There's been no talk on that. I've never heard any talk on that ever. Right. (laughs) So Sure. It brings into question if they go through this mm-hmm. transition from a family-sponsored uh, uh, system to, to merit-based, those who have already been waiting on the list for six, seven years, let's say, right, and then you know we make this transition, let's say they were getting closer to the top of the list, and then they get pushed back because their points that's right. don't, don't um, match up. So like that's something that potentially we have to address. Maybe right. maybe it might just be unfortunate collateral in <laughs> the, the the situation, but that it it could be a reality. Right. Well, I I, I very much doubt that it's going to end up collateral and that these people are going to be cut. Uh, like I said, it's just uh, 
this is a proposal, a simple proposal on how they, the administration wants the immigration process to look moving forward. So the fact that, for example, we'll have a, an Indian national who's on H-1B, he did his I-140 mm-hmm. perm and all that good stuff, and he's just in the visa backlog. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. He's uh, got a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. They're both under backlog, mm-hmm. but he's educated and he's been working for the same company for you know five, six, seven years. And he's patiently waiting. Now, if we were to switch tomorrow to a points-based system, you know, maybe he has 13 or 14 points. Who knows? Who knows? Right. But if the if the set limit is 20 points, right. he doesn't have enough points. So what's going to happen to him? And there is fear and speculation that if we just automatically move to a points-based system, all these people in the backlog are just going to, you know, here's your 10 points for waiting. Right. Now you got to reapply and, and file a new application and get back in line, a new line. And that's not going to go over very well. And I don't think that um, the businesses will want that Mm. either. And the businesses lobby Chamber of Commerce, and they lobby pretty hard. And they're not going to want, they're already hesitant Mm. about any changes to the immigration system. They, you know, there's constant calls saying they want it, (laughs) but they're very nervous because uh, the reality that we face here is that once a a law gets passed, it becomes very difficult to make changes, necessary changes to that law. So, while most businesses, Microsoft, uh, you know, Google, these major employers are, are wanting change, a little bit apprehensive about how that's going to work into their employees. Because if all of a sudden they've just got hundreds of employees that just got cut out of the, the green card line after they've been waiting, yeah. that's not going to go over very well. That's a massive impact yeah. um, to, to their business. Uh, and I think that sort of answers uh, a follow-up question that I had in terms of, do you think that the House senators will be willing to make a deal anytime soon? And it seems like we're just in the speculation stage and we're keeping the rhetoric very basic and, and general. Sure. They Is don't really going- have a, a timeline. Is there going to be a deal? Well, <laughs> per, perhaps. I mean, the last time there was major immigration reform proposal, uh, as you may remember, this 2013 with that Gang yeah. of Eight bill, um, yeah. that it passed the Senate, but it didn't pass the House. And and I think this is a critical part of immigration reform proposals. Mm-hmm. It's not just Democrats and Republicans that have to work together. Mm-hmm. They do have common ground, perhaps more common ground than they've been willing to admit, especially mm-hmm. recently. But it's also about House working with Senate. Hmm. Those, both of those institutions have different priorities. And Senate is much more uh, business-oriented. That's, that's just the way the, the body deliberates and how it moves. And that when that Gang of Eight bill came down in 2013, it was very uh, business-friendly. Hmm. And it passed the Senate. But it didn't pass the House because it didn't take those core... Uh, the the masses, you know, the the House represents the masses of the people. Senate represents the states. The the House represents the actual populace of the United States. And when you get that local politicking, big business uh, legislation doesn't often go over in rural America or or in some, right? right? There are different places in, in in this country where people have different viewpoints on immigration. And uh, I think one of the major problems is that the Senate and the House won't compromise between themselves because they're looking at it from two different issues. House is much more personalized. Right. Uh, Community-based. Yeah. yeah. So, And that's for Local. or against, right? Yeah. So you have people who are like, this is my community. These are my, they, they live next to me. They're, they got DACA. Right. I want DACA. Direct Whereas representation. You have, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe on the other side, you have people, I work in this meatpacking plant. I'm competing with jobs. Mm-hmm. It's personal. 
Right. Senate isn't personal. Right. It's just about the business. Right. <laughs> Bring back the coal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so those two, I mean, Virginia. I really think, it, and that's yeah. the reason why 2013 didn't work. And if you want immigration reform, the administration's proposal is, is very simple and very basic and provides a nice foundation. Those two institutions are going to have to work together because right. what this plan does, right. if it eliminates the majority of family-based immigration mm -hmm. and switches it to a uh, high skill, and at the same time uh, actually does implement border security in a way that, that works, mm -hmm. we just cut off a huge amount of labor mm -hmm. that um, Microsoft doesn't depend on, but Advocate Healthcare depends on it, mm -hmm. Cleveland Clinic depends on it, uh, Asplen depends on it, um, major meatpacking plants, uh, construction industry, all these, these are low skill labor jobs, mm -hmm. right? And we need them. Right. So where's that balance going to be struck? And that's what I think uh, is very good about the proposal when it doesn't specifically define merit. Because right. if we have a labor shortage in the country, it, it may not just be software engineers. Right. What if we do have a labor shortage of nurse practitioners right. in a certain city? We need to have an immigration system that can respond to that and fill that need. The immigration needs in Chicago, or excuse me, the, the nurse practitioner needs in Chicago may not be the same as they are here in D.C. Perhaps D.C. has enough nurses, but Chicago doesn't have enough. So if you have a merit-based system, there's not necessarily a, some sort of guarantee that it's only going to be high skill. Right. If you need labor, a merit-based system will afford you an opportunity, potentially, potentially, right. Right. with Definitely. negotiation and compromise. It will afford the opportunity to provide the labor that you need. Right. So, yeah, it really comes down to identifying what merit actually means. And, and it might mean something different on one part of the country than, than another. So there's right. not one definition of what merit will be and what's valuable. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, they'll have time to sort of hash that out to keep that balance, as, as you were saying. Sure. You briefly mentioned about border security. Do we know anything different <laughs> uh, this week than we've had in the last couple of months of border security and well, border wall? Um, There's still people coming. Yeah. So that, that has not changed. They are still uh, crossing the border and turning themselves in to CBP agents um, for the purpose of, uh, for the most part, for claiming asylum and, and seeing that claim process. There Now, the proposal that was broadcast from the Rose Garden right. did not go into the specifics of exactly what he's looking to do on border security. He mentioned mm -hmm. the wall, of course. He's always going to mention the wall whenever you know he's next to a microphone. Mm -hmm. But um, if you look back at some of his previous policy proposals, especially from some of the higher people in his administration, uh, Kushner and Miller, that, that generally work with immigration, mm -hmm. you see a lot of um, pushback on the Flores settlement which allows, or excuse me, which does not allow the government mm -hmm. to detain uh, children and families uh, more than 20 days, I believe. They have to be released. Right. But, but he didn't give any things. specifics on like the numbers of how much is going to cost for the wall. Because I, I know a couple of months ago, that was the sort of debate. Five well, billion, six sure. billion. Yeah. It's a government project, so I'm sure it'll be overpriced and come in late. Right. You know? <laughs> but... Um, he didn't speak specifically as to the costs of, of any of this. Yeah. One thing, 
um, that he did mention was that for border security specifically, probably for building the wall and for increasing the technology and efficiency of the ports of entry, right. he's, he's uh, mentioned some type of border security trust fund. Now, I don't know exactly right. what that is or how that's going to operate or where the money's even going to come from to be put into this fund. I would like to imagine it kind of like a toll road. You know, if you if you want to cross, cross the border the or if you want to r- drive on the road, you have pay to pay fee. the toll. And yeah. maybe that'll be it. But again, there are no details on that. Right. Other things that people brought up was the lack of mentioning DACA. So there's been a little bit of uh, confusion. And so if we can sort of clear it up right now in his uh, proposal, he did not mention what he would do with DACA. But in the past, He's made strides to uh, repeal it just recently in Virginia, where the judge revoked that appeal. So actually, um, based on what what I've been able to intake, right. <laughs> um, the, the president's statements and actions towards DACA have been quite contradictory. Um, I know this is probably offensive to people, but he's using the issue as a, as a political pawn. Mm-hmm. Right to be able to move other sure. items in his agenda forward, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think that's unique to him. I find uh, perhaps members of the other party doing the exact same thing. So when it comes to DACA, it was not mentioned in his plan, and um, actually, as I listened to it and, and read his transcript, I don't fault him for not mentioning DACA. He's putting forward a plan on what immigration is supposed to look like moving forward, and if I were asked to do so and what a perfect immigration plan would look like for mm. me. It may not mirror exactly what he said, but I wouldn't mention DACA either because mm. DACA is a representation, a, a real life representation of the failures of our immigration system. Mm. If we had a working immigration system, DACA would not exist. Mm. It wouldn't exist as a problem and it wouldn't exist as a problem to be solved. It, it simply wouldn't be there. So I don't fault him for not mentioning DACA. I do think Uh, And I've always thought this with any reform, because historically, this is exactly what happens. You pass a major reform. And for those who um, are here unlawfully or or for some other reason are inadmissible, they're given amnesty. Hmm. And it it goes right, you know, hand in hand. So if we move and I have confidence, a little bit of confidence, that if we actually do make a sweeping policy proposals on immigration, anything, a major change, the price of that change, the cost of that is going to be some sort of legal status for not only DACA recipients, but um, the millions and millions of uh, undocumented uh, immigrants that we have here already. I really think that that's in the works. And I think that that's why conservative, more staunchly conservative, the Ann Coulter's um, super, yeah, they're not (laughs) happy with the proposal because they see that coming. There was definitely disagreement on on both sides of the aisle um, because one, uh, when you say on the on the right, they felt like he didn't address, you know, the immigration enough uh, oh, no, system yeah. enough you know because there was no mention of reducing the number right. of immigrants entering into the country or verify he didn't right. he didn't hit on either of those and that um especially the center of immigration studies for immigration studies mm-hmm. um they they're a little more well known them and fair they they pretty much have a stranglehold on the uh, restrictionist mm-hmm. outlook for mm-hmm. immigration but they were not uh pleased 
with the proposal. They thought it was a good place to start, but yes, they did not. He did not drop the number down. Right. He did not do anything on if he verify. Right. And I guess on the left is a little bit more confusing because switching in a, a merit base for family. The, the question is, well, you know, we're, we're bringing in qualified people into the country. It becomes hard to sort of argue, <laughs> you know, oh, this is not a, a good thing. Both sides have gripes for, for different reasons. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to uh, hash out and find some sort of happy medium is, is never happy, but maybe it's <laughs> right, somewhere right. In, in, in the middle. Well, Just, if I, if oh, I could, yeah. one, one mm-hmm. thing on that, uh, with the, the Democrats are not in a very good position mm-hmm. um, because it moving to a merit-based system is a quite moderate proposal. Right. right. They have a lot invested in the, in the family-based immigration. Correct. And that is okay. And there are arguments that have been made in favor of family-based immigration. And, um, you know, I'm not uh, totally convinced of all those arguments myself, but uh, they do have merit. They do hold water and they're worth uh, looking into. Right? Mm-hmm. There is value in a family based immigration system. Uh, family is a is the core component of any society, that family unit. Mm-hmm. And we have an immigration system right now that rewards that family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so to take that away is a is a. It makes it nice for a talking point. It makes it very easy to get people emotionalized about it, you know. Mm. But um, the merit-based immigration system is what actually keeps us competitive mm. with the rest of the world because Global we don't need economy. to compete yeah. in how many houses we build. What we do need to compete in is information technology and medical advancements. Mm. And the right now, the the immigrants that we get are do not have those skills. So if we want to remain competitive. We're going to have to start importing the, those skills because we're obviously not cultivating them here at home, not mm-hmm. in the amount that we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really think that the Democrats, uh, especially uh, the leadership, they could use this uh, and they could they could negotiate. They could use this as a starting point, as some way to reach some sort of compromise, because mm-hmm. the plan in and of itself is nothing new. It's nothing that hasn't been proposed by past presidents, by past advocates. There's been calls for uh, to transition to a merit-based immigration system for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as border security goes, I mean that's been going on since Reagan and Bush <laughs> were doing their you know presidential primary sure. debates. So uh, these issues have been in the forefront, and I, I'm I'm really hopeful that that just the bombast of the yeah. president which is unlike uh, we've seen anything since maybe like Teddy Roosevelt or something, but just his energy, sometimes right. positive, sometimes negative. But if he can keep the energy and the, and the pressure on, that does give me hope that, that maybe, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get some sort of reform, some compromise, and it is going to be a compromise. Right, definitely. The foundations of our community. Right? So we are trying to uh, create a new country here based on the people that we are bringing in. So we can either, you know, extend the values that we have or we can have new values or whatever. But the, the people we bring in are going are how we build those up. Mm-hmm. And um, family based immigration, the foundation is family and merit based immigration. The, the foundation is money and right. skills in, in your ability, you know, as an employee. So, I mean, the foundation of community. Mm. So that that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, but then I also have to look at the reality of how these high-skilled immigrants are coming. And they often are here for 
a decade before mm. they get a green card. So they're not just, you know, fresh off the boat right. arrivals or anything like that. Yeah, they are fully involved. They, they already have families here. Mm-hmm. You know, their kids are growing up here as Americans because they're born here. So, right. um, but I, that does cause me a little bit of pause, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of community are we building if we really don't value family that much? For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law to join the conversation. Thank you for listening. See you next time.